Welcome this morning to Bethany Baptist Church on this day of remembrance and as we worship together and grow together in the Lord. And uh, you're coming here on the fourth Sunday of our series called Mine, Stewarding Our Life. And we're going to continue that on throughout the rest of the fall. Pastor Kelly's going to pick it up next week. And we're going to continue on taking a look at what it's like to steward our lives. And we've been looking at the stuff of our lives recently. But there's a lot more to us than just stuff, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot more to you than what you make and what you earn, what you keep, what you give, what you keep around you. That's not who you are, is it? So this morning, we want to talk about the things that God gives us inside, those gifts. In 1 Peter chapter 4, we read this, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, we call these gifts that God gives us. That doesn't mean there are only certain people that are gifted. In that sense, all that we have comes from God. All of your abilities, all of your talents, your ability to think and to reason, the skills that you've developed, your ability to learn, your ability to communicate, all those things comes from God. Those are his gifts to you. And so we call them gifts, but we use them not for our own purposes, not just for selfish reasons, but we use them to serve others. That's why God gives them to you. God gave you those abilities not just so you can enrich your life, not just so that you can live, but so that you have something to give to others. And as we do that, we become stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In a, in, in a sense, the abilities that you have and that you share with others begin speaking Christ's grace to others. You become that vehicle. Paul puts it this way when he's talking about gifts. There are different kinds of gifts but it's the same Spirit who is the source of them all. And he calls them different because they're all unique. But he says that they all come from the same place. Now I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you're unique. <laughs> I saw that look in your eye. Yeah, they're very unique, aren't they? <laughs> now I want you to turn that to that person and say, I'm unique. See, God makes you unique in many different ways. Not only does he give you gifts and talents and abilities and skills, but all of the experiences that you've had up until now feed into who you are. Your personalities, 
You're, whether you're extrovert or whether you're an introvert, that's all part of God's plan and his design in your life. And in that sense, he intends you to offer that to others. But they all come from the same spot. All those gifts and abilities all come from God. He entrusts us with that to steward and to share with others. Now, this is a very nice, heartwarming type of message for most of us. And so I think it's easy for us to miss how controversial a, a, a passage of Scripture like this was to the people that Paul was writing to. Now, I have to understand that the majority of Christians at this stage had the background of the temple and the synagogue. And the kind of religion that they had was very much clergy-driven. Or in other words, if you were not a Levite or a priest, you did not get involved with church services. See, God called certain people in the Old Testament to be those who were serving in the official capacities. And everyone else were the served ones. But Paul is saying, you all have gifts and ways of serving. It's not just the few. And the fact that he says that this all comes from the same place made people shake their heads and go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You see, the world has always had us and them, hasn't it? The wars are fought against them. The us draw together and we fight them. War has been a part of human nature, unfortunately, since the fall. For generations... Young men and women have answered the call of their chieftains or their kings or their presidents or prime ministers and have fought for causes that were deemed important. They've given their lives. They've given their bodies. They fought. And the war has been there all the time. And you see it all throughout the Old Testament. For those of you who've been reading uh, with us through our reading challenge in the Old Testament, you see war after war after war and people fighting against each other and fighting among each other. And there's a long history of animosity between the Jewish nation and everybody else. So the fact that Paul is saying... All of you get your gifts from the same place. You are all belonging to us. And as he describes uh, later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that there is no longer Jew or Greek. You know, that national background that you have doesn't matter anymore. And whether you are slave or whether you are free or whether you are rich or whether you are poor or whether you are male or whether you are female... It makes no difference. God gifts you all, and you all belong. 
And this was something very controversial to them because they had always thought so much as us and them. And for us too, it, it is a bit of a stretch for some of us because we all come from backgrounds that have had war and animosity in it. And the very fact that we can come from different nations, different ethnic groups, different castes, some of us are richer than others, some of us are poorer than others, some of us has, have higher and lower education levels, but we all belong together. In that sense, we're all equal. And, and Paul's favorite picture, and he draws it out in so many different places, is that of a body. And it comes out uh, in, in scriptures in a number of places, and if you'd like to read about it, it's easy to remember where these places are. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. So you just need to remember 12 and 4, and you can read about it. But Paul says this, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. So that when you come to know Jesus and he implants his life in you, not only do you belong to him, but you belong to each other. And the parts of the body work together and the picture of the body is that there are parts of the body like organs and veins and chemicals and electric impulses. Uh, we have our appendages and we have all those parts. We have parts that we see and parts that we don't see. And every part you need, even if you don't understand what it's for, except for hair on your head. Nobody needs hair on their head. It has no purpose. Although some of you would look kind of funny without it. But the thing is, is that there are many parts, but one body. Now we tend to think of this, well, that's the way it is in our church. But to tell you the truth, that's the way it is across all of the earth. There is only one church. There is only one body that belongs to Christ. And whether you are here in Canada or the U.S., whether you're in Europe or Asia or Africa or Latin America, wherever you are, you belong to this if you know Christ. And we belong together. And the fact that we have many parts, but one body is important. And, and, and Paul just goes into this elaborate discussion there in 1 Corinthians 12, where he says that... Uh, the eye and the ear, they can't say to each other, because I'm, I'm not the eye, I don't belong. And, then, and the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what part of the body is, it's important. And you have it there for a reason. If you would lose a part of your body, you would miss it. It's not that you couldn't survive without it, but you would miss it. And there are some parts of our body that are obvious. Everybody sees. And there are some parts that we keep hidden. Nobody sees that part. There are some parts of our body 
that we use all the time. There's some parts of our body that we don't use all that much. But they're all important. And it's important because as the parts of our body all work together, it brings that balance to our body so that it works well. But when one of the parts of the body isn't working, the whole body is sick because that one part affects the whole body. See, that's the picture that Paul points out is that we all belong. And so that while there are many parts, we are part of one. And there are times that we sometimes think, well, because my role isn't an upfront kind of role, my role isn't all that valuable. Or I don't really belong because I'm just a little bit unique. And it's easy not to feel like you belong. It's easy to think that because I'm not like everyone else, do I really belong? And the emphasis that Paul makes is that your uniqueness comes from God. And it's that uniqueness that makes you so valuable to the rest. And so the emphasis that he makes is that while we have many parts of one body, what he emphasizes this is diversity and unity. That both are very important. And it influences. And by diversity means this. That you should be free to bless others in your unique way. You don't have to do it like everyone else. In fact, it's better if you don't do it like everyone else. It's better that you give in a way that God has primed you for. It's important for you to be open to learn from others. You know, our, our uniqueness doesn't mean, well, this is the way I am and I don't need to change. But yes, we need to be open to learn from others. Because they're also unique. And they'll have a unique perspective. And there are things that they might see and understand that you can learn from. But the thing is here that we can be secure in how God created us. God created you the way you are on purpose. He gave you those experiences. He gave you that family. He gave you that country of origin. He gave you the language and the, those things on purpose. So that those things shape you. And from that, you have something to share. And that's the diversity that is so important. And the very fact that we as people from all different backgrounds can sit in the same room and not kill each other, the fact that we can work together, that we can cooperate together, it validates, in a sense, the sacrifices that our veterans have made over the years, but it's the very thing that Christ died for, is to eliminate the barriers between us and humans 
and so that we can love each other in our diversity. But the emphasis here is also a unity. And that means that everyone belongs regardless of differences. You belong and so does the person beside you. The person that you don't really agree with. The person that uh, maybe looks at life just a little bit a different way. The person who likes different kind of music. The person who likes to express themselves differently than you. We all belong together. And in that sense, even though we are very different, we need each other. And we show grace to each other. That means there are times we have to forgive each other. There are times that we have to allow each other their perspectives. And that we have to work well with each other. It requires acceptance, forgiveness, and respect for each other. And we also have a common goal. And our goal, we have to be careful not to pursue our own interests, but the interests that come from Christ. That as we work together, we're working together for Christ's purpose. Because in that picture of the body, Paul also says, but there's only one head. There's only one brain that controls all of us, and that's Christ. And in that sense, we all serve him. So this picture of the body has unique implications. And, and it's important for us to realize that everyone has a gift, Everyone has a gift. And you might think, I'm not really sure what I have to offer. And that becomes your journey. What is it that I have to offer? But it goes deeper than this. It's not just that everyone has a gift. It's not just that everyone has something to offer. And it's not just that we value each each gift and ability because to tell you the truth you can feel a little bit used at times right we love you because of what you offer but it goes deeper than that it's not just that everyone has a gift it's that everyone is a gift see not only does God give us gifts of teaching but he gives us teachers not only does he give us people with gifts of giving, but he gives us givers. He gives us those people. And so as we think of stewarding our lives, I'm not just giving my gifts and my talents and my abilities. I'm giving myself. It's a big difference between just offering a gift and offering yourself. So you might be thinking, so what exactly is it that I have to offer? Some of you might say, I know what I have to offer. That's easy. But for those of you who might be struggling, what is it that I can offer? 
And when we're talking about what we offer, we're not just thinking within the context of our church. We're thinking that what is it that I offer others in general? First thing could be your abilities or your skills or your interests. See, God wired you in a certain way. Amazingly enough, there are people that love numbers and love organizing. I don't understand those people. But there are people that love that. There are people that pay attention to detail. People that can express themselves well in writing. People who've developed skills through education and through training. And those are gifts that you can offer others. There's also what we call spiritual gifts. Now at this point, sometimes people wonder, is it important for us to distinguish between abilities and spiritual gifts? Some of you might say yes, some of you might say no. But the thing is, if you understand that everything you have comes from God, in a sense you could say they are all spiritual gifts. They all were given to me for a reason, and I want to use them for others. But it could be that you have a spiritual gift that when you came to know the Lord, he awoke something within you that you didn't know was there. And that's something that you can offer others. The ability to share spiritually, to pray for each other, to teach, to sense what God is saying. That might be something that you offer. But you might also be able to offer things like compassion and care. To be able to sit with someone and hold their hand and listen to them. To pray for someone. To give a pat on the back and encourage someone. These are important things that you don't need to be talented or gifted in a certain way in order to be able to give. But they are really, really important. The gift of time, the thing that many of us have very little of, but being able to just have time for others. We, we had a gentleman in one of our churches who offered his time to the other young growing men in the church. And our son was one of those young men. So in his in his junior high and high school years, this man was always there sending him emails and contact to encourage him. They would get together from time to time and have lunch and just talk about life. This man wasn't a teacher. He wasn't a great leader. He wasn't on any boards or anything that we would consider important. But he had an important role in our son's life. And I think of what a great gift he had to our son during that time. And he did that for many in his sphere. I can remember an old lady. I considered her old as a child. But she would always have candies in her purse. And if we went up to her and talked to her, she would give us a candy. But there was just something that inspired us, that thinking that she liked us. I never thought that she was buying us off. Maybe that's what she was doing. But it stood out into my mind 
And it was something that at any age a person can do. You know, you also have life lessons, things that you've learned along the way, stories about how you learned important lessons. And especially as you get older, you will collect a few of these life stories. And to be able to share that with others is something that you can offer. How you made mistakes, how you learned from it, how God's grace showed up. Those are things that you can offer others. And a listening ear. To be able to sit and hear people. And not only hear what they say, but hear what they mean. See, these are gifts that you can offer others. And if you can think of nothing else to offer, I mean, if you're at a point in your life where you say, I don't have much energy, I don't have much time, there's not much I can do, then do this. Pray for people and encourage them. And by encouraging, it means look for something positive in their life to point out and tell them that you noticed it. See, anyone can do that. And it's important for us as we work together that we offer something because what do you do when a part of your body doesn't work? A good example is we all know people who have experienced a stroke or have had some kind of a medical thing happen where a part of their body is no longer functioning very well. See, it affects all of us when a part of the body is not really working. So when you think of I want to submit myself to Christ as a good steward and allow his grace to flow out of me. Well, then there are ways that I can do that. And you might think that you don't have much to offer. But maybe you just haven't looked deep enough. It's interesting and when Paul talks about offering ourselves and offering our life, he uses this phrase. He says, those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly, but those who are generous in their sowing will reap generously. And he uses this picture of planting and, and of farming. And there are sometimes that we feel, maybe you feel, there's a certainly times in my life that I felt like I'm just not getting very much what's wrong I could tell you this if a farmer goes out at harvest time and there's not much to harvest but he didn't plant anything that tells you a little something about why there's not much of a harvest You know, when we think about stewarding, it's easy to feel like there's a lot of shoulds involved with stewarding, right? 
There's a lot of things that I ought to do. But what it does is it flows out of that perspective that God has been generous with me. So how can I live that generosity out with others? We talked about it with things and with finances, but it's also with our lives. And the heart of the generosity comes first from understanding how generous God is with me. And it flows out of that. I want to encourage you, specifically within our own congregation here, to ask yourself the question, what is it that I can offer others? What is it that I can offer others in our church? What is it I can offer others in our community? What do I have that I can give. And then to be able to share that with others. Because we as the body of Christ, we need each other. We need your differences. We need your unique perspective. We need your unique gifts and abilities. And just because you may not be like everyone else, that's actually a good thing. Because you will bring something that maybe is not brought yet. God gives you gifts, but God makes you a gift to others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we think of all that you have done in our lives, how you sacrificed, how you gave, how you went through loss and hurt in order to win us. Father, may we, may we be willing to let that both touch our lives and live that out also. Father, for those who are wondering what it is that they have to offer, Father, I pray that you would stir in their lives. May they see what it is that they can bless others with. And may they experience the joy of giving. In Jesus' name, amen.